Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the one, the only Remster Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remster W. Martinez. Go ahead and do me a quick favor. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso101. That's R-E-M-S-O-101. Follow me. I'll follow you back. That way we'll go ahead and expand our ever-loving Liberty family. For new listeners, because we've always got new listeners of every episode, we've got one goal here. We try and do it well each and every episode. It's super cheesy, definitely a ripoff. If you've heard it before, you've heard it a million times. What we want to do is, as Matthew McConaughey, we want to make freedom fun again, baby. That's right. I'm talking about individual liberty, economic freedom, limited government. The idea that you do you, I do me. We don't use the government as a violent middleman. And... We can go ahead and live a peaceful and prosperous life. Simple stuff, but it's radical thinking these days. And radical thinking is the season's theme. It's the idea of the disruptors. It's the idea of disruptive forces that go ahead and change our culture, our community, the way we think, the way we interact, the way we get things done. And to discuss our topic tonight, I want to go ahead and first introduce our guest, ladies and gentlemen, the founder and owner of Halsey News. You've seen him before if you love the live show and everything else we've done in the past. He's also the producer for our current upcoming docu-series, Nothing Burger, The Media Versus You, Halsey English. Halsey, thanks for coming on the program. No problem, Remzo. Happy to be here. So we've got something which people have been asking me to talk about because, uh, you know, in case splitting hairs isn't fun enough, we're going to go ahead and just split those hairs even further because why not? We've got the time. We've got the audience demand. And honestly, I've been avoiding this question not because I really – um, wanted to avoid for the sake of avoidance, but the fact that it's just one of those areas where, you know, you're not going to be able to say anything without stepping on a landmine. It's the idea of the new right wing. Some people call it fascism. Some people call it libertarianism 2.0. Some people think it's all about Pepe. Others think it's about activist journalists. Some people think of Mike Cernovich. Others think of Richard Spencer. Some people think of Cato. Others think of God knows what. It seems to be the Rorschach movement in America. And when it comes to that, so many people are lumped into it. Ben Shapiro was lumped into New Right. But then again, how can people say that the, him and Milo Yiannopoulos are in the same category when they have two very different ways of getting things done? It's such a complicated concept to discuss. When people say New Right to you, what, what pops up in your mind? In all honesty, everything you just mentioned, everything falls into the new right. The The issue of the new right is that traditionally, and I've been on the right since I was a little kid. My father's about to the right of, uh, I don't know, Genghis Khan. So I've always been been raised this way. I've never, I've never really looked to the left. And even when I did, it was more from a libertarian point of view. But right now, we've got an entire nation of people that are just red-pilled away from the left. So they're defining who they are on the right. So it's not just a case of are they conservative, are they libertarian, are they alt-right, are they neo-fascists, are they anything like that. It's a question of people are, are trying to discover who they are and where they fit in in this new right-wing, anti-immigration, smaller government, anti-Islam kind of mix. I, I would I would agree on that. Um, nothing you said was incorrect. I, I don't. I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think 
when people bring this up to me, the, the biggest thing that comes into my mind is you've got definitely more of a cult of personality around certain individuals. And usually when people hear that, they, um, you know, it brings up a negative connotation. But honestly, when, when I think of New Right, I think of uh, more of a provocateur type of sensibility amongst people. You know, I've been talking about the disruptors all season, and there's no one more disrupting than people that have entire college campuses burned down because they want to go ahead and talk about the fact that there are only two genders. When we look at the, the meme culture, the internet video culture, when we look at things that um, you know, right-wing institutions in the conservative movement have not done for a long time. People that, you know, they have very strong libertarian sentiments, but they're willing to say, you know, we can't have a country without borders. We can't have mass immigration and expect our country to be the same afterwards. It almost seems like, and just speaking very vaguely, because I don't think it's possible to narrow it down specifically, it just seems like if you want to get a laugh and rile people up and do things that speak the language of a majority of Americans, that's what puts you in the new right category, because it seems for the longest time the old right has been behaving the same way now as they've been since the Goldwater years. I was at uh, you know a whole bunch of heritage foundation functions in 2015 2016 mainly because if you go to their lectures you get free lunch afterwards it's beautiful mm. delicious but you've got kids walking around like little william f buckley's now i totally get it you're in dc but come on it's 90 degrees outside you don't need a three-piece suit and regular people don't dress like that <laughs> i don't even think trump would dress like that if he didn't have to no you know of course not. why so. why would he like who does that no one no, no one that's that confident in themselves wears a bow tie. I'm, I'm not convinced. Uh, I don't think anybody that should wear a bow tie at all for any reason. But Unless you're I mean, Jeffrey Tucker me. from Fee. Jeffrey Tucker from Fee it looks absolute gangster in a bow tie. He could pull bow ties off all day. But, you know, it, it goes back to that provocateur type of attitude. You've got this punk rock momentum within the right wing. And what's sad is when we have, you know, I, I call it conservative cannibalism. You know, it's li you've got libertarian brutalism and conservative cannibalism. Whenever you have something that's even slightly edgy, it, it seems like people that are supposed to be on your own team try and take you out. Is that is that fair enough? I'd say there's there's a level of truth to that. But I also think that people that, that fit firmly into a certain label, um, libertarians is a great example, they – they would literally run the entire right if they weren't so rigid in certain beliefs. And I understand How that so? certain of them are non-negotiable, non but most people on the right these days would consider themselves fairly libertarian. The place where they tend to, to, to waver from the libertarian party is in foreign policy. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them yeah. will see an interventionist military as being a good thing, especially when it's being used to further the cause of liberty. Maybe not in a neocon sense in spreading democracy, but in taking on someone like Kim Jong-un or Iran or, you know, especially in taking on Islam, like they don't want to hear retreat to our borders and just deal with us. And that's really kind of a platform of the Libertarian Party. Whereas when you talk about smaller government, you talk about greater liberty, you're, you're going to get most of the new Reich strictly on board. Yeah, it's it. it, it. I'm trying to find the right way to put this. It almost seems like you're you're dealing with people that constantly want 
a utopian vision of how things go. You had a lot of this coming from conservative academia in uh, t- the 2016 general election against Donald Trump. Uh, they made many, many valid claims, but at the same time, you know, the standard they held him to, they never would have held a Jeb Bush to or a Marco Rubio. They because you know why? Back. None of those people punch back. And that's why that's why they don't hold Trump to the same standard. They're willing to forgive a lot of stuff that Trump is willing to do as long as he keeps punching back against the people that they feel are harming the country. The media, the Democrats, the left, the like you said, the, the college professors who want to see white genocide. Like, I mean, these these type of people are the people that have been defining the narrative, especially with Obama as president for a very long time now. And they're willing to forgive Trump for for a lot of indiscretions as long as he's willing to keep punching. I'd even go a step farther for most of that. I'd say that, you know, and I I bring up utopianism for a big example. You have this in your very, you know, think tank-like conservative institutions. You have this in a lot of the more radical uh, movement within the libertarian community. It's this idea of you don't abide by the orthodoxy and the doctrine, you can't be part of it. And the thing that I've noticed about the new right is is not simply the edginess, but it's this idea that you can have massive diversity of thought, but I'd say they even go farther in terms of respect for radical individualism than anyone else. I hated net neutrality, but Mike Cernovich, someone who I have much respect for, liked net neutrality. You have some people that say, I need to close the borders. And I'm not an open border advocate, but I'm saying, you know what, let's go ahead and rethink the visa program. Let's go ahead and you know, reevaluate the, you know, the, the evaluation process for citizenship. And no one, none of them are going to come after me and start calling me a cuck and all this other stuff. They'll let me be because it's not like I'm saying, I'm, you do that or I'm going to throw you out of a helicopter. The guys that want to throw everyone out of helicopters are freaking morons. But it almost seems like the thing about the new right is an understanding that as long as – and this is so strange because it is very libertarian when you look at it. If you don't hurt me, if you don't try and take my stuff and you're not going to use the government as a physical means of force and coercion, I don't care what you do or say. I think that most people would agree with that statement. But like, I, like I've been saying and, and I'll keep saying is that I think the new right is – United in this one point, they want to defeat the left. They're willing to talk policy later. We have policy on our side. That's why the left will never debate us on anything without using feelings and nonsense. You know what I'm saying? They don't feel like we have to talk policy with each other right now because we all tend to agree on most of the big stuff. What we want right now is to fight back against the left, to fight back against CNN. We don't want to turn on the TV and see lies. We don't want to have to hear bullshit when we go to, you know, the supermarket or whatever wearing a red hat. We don't want to hear people calling us fascists and Nazis and Hitler just because we disagree with them that there's more, that there's more than two genders. You know what I'm saying? So right now I think there's almost like a like a détente amongst the different avenues of the right because the little nuances that divide us are are much smaller than the big deal which is that we all want to fight the left. When it comes to the smears, the lies, the slander. Who do you think has done more damage when it comes to you know painting this black picture above people like Lauren Southern, Stefan Molyneux, and others? Do you think it's just the progressive left, or do you think conservatives and libertarians on the right are as much to blame? 
I think that I think there's probably equal blame to go around because you happen to mention two people that that I'm not completely fond of. And I think that what there is a fear of is that we don't want our own crazies rising up on the right and seizing the mantle. Like we want to be able to to report the news. We want to go out there and break stories. We want to go out there and, and report on some of the stuff that's going on. But at the same time, we don't want to fall into an alt-right kind of neo-fascist way of being where we're looking to hurt other people based on who they are. And a lot of times that's that's the direction that some of the more, like you call them, provocateurs tend to go. You know, it's not that they're saying, oh, we should go out in the street and kill all black people. But at the same time, the, some of the things they say are a little close to the edge of what people feel comfortable with. So at the same time that we're, we're united in wanting to fight the left, at the same time, we're not willing to choose our own leaders yet. The only one we're all kind of agreeing on is Trump. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up. And this is the last question I'm going to ask before we hit our commercial break. But we've, we've spoken about the alt-right and the dangers of the alt-right at length. I had uh, Jeffrey Tucker from Fee on the live show talk about his book, Right-Wing Collectivism. I've uh, spoken with Micah Fleck from Being Libertarian about what is the alt-right. So I'm not going to rehash that, folks. I'll go ahead and attach both those interviews in the show notes after you listen to this episode. But the biggest thing about the alt-right is it's based off the idea of um, a racial hierarchy. They are totally cool with force and coercion and just very, very neoliberal ideals. And I understand why they are called the alt-right. But, you know, when, when it comes to the the progressive media, the progressive narrative factory that is progressive media. They're so great at making these terms. They're so great at dictating the language we use, the, the, the narration, the narrative that goes of things. Why aren't people on the right, like actual libertarians, actual conservatives calling the alt right, the alt left? Because honestly, if you really think about it, there's no major difference between the alt right and Antifa other than, you know, maybe style choice and, uh, you know, cost of property damage thus far. The only difference between the alt-right and Antifa is that the alt-right doesn't like immigration because, I mean, it's horseshoe theory at its best. They are literally the same people. But, I mean, I'm really glad you brought this up. On Friday night, Andy Worski did a live stream with um, Richard Spencer, Sargon of Akkad, Styx, um, Millennial Woes, and a few others. And they went at each other about uh, a, a white ethno state and, and things like that. And uh, like a buddy of mine, called, I, I turned him on to it because I, I had a blast. It was three hours long and I, I wished it was went longer. But um, afterwards, I, I turned a buddy of mine on to it. It was a little more staying away from politics. He's kind of disgusted with it all. And at the end, he said, like, I always just assumed that Richard Spencer was a jerk. But listening to him talk, now I know he's disgusting. Like... The best thing that we can do for the alt-right is let them talk, is not to let the left kind of define what they are. Let them define it themselves, because in all honesty, their 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 views are so morally repugnant and so equal to Antifa that they can. I mean, remember, right after the election, everybody was trying to say I'm alt-right, but and they would have a reason why they're not like Richard Spencer. Or they're not like that one, but they're kind of alt-right. Right now, nobody wants to define themselves as alt-right because the alt-right is Richard Spencer. It is the, the racial kind of politics that people are absolutely disgusted with on both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Halsey, we're going to go ahead and keep this conversation going, but first got to go ahead and pay the bills around here. Before we go to our commercial break, a quick word from our sponsors this half hour. I, <coughs> I'm coughing. I'm, I'm, I'm a human being, folks. I, uh, you know, I get sick. I mess up. I forget to pick up things at the grocery store. I forget certain holidays. I'm, I'm a fallible, sinful human being that, you know, I, I'm not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But I could, you know, what, what's the old saying? Even the clock is right. Even the broken clock is right twice. I stumbled upon something that has really changed the way I invest, changed the way I look at money. Because it's this whole concept of understanding how currencies flow up and down and how you can properly invest your hard-earned money to make it grow for you. Literally, you sleep, and this process will grow your money for you. It's called helium. Whether you're going to start off with dollars or Bitcoin or whatever Japanese money is called, and you want to throw that into Dash or Litecoin or anything else, you incorporate some of the top fiat currencies um, – produced throughout the world, and then you go ahead and mix that into the crypto market. You allow your money to flow into certain currencies when they're coming down. Then as they come up, you earn the gains, and then they move to a more stable uh, currency. They pop, and you get to keep the reward of that. It's at Helium. It's the program that's changing the way people look at investing because it sends investing power back to the people. Go ahead and check out joinhelium.com. That's joinhelium.com. J-O-I-N-H-E-L-E-U-M. JoinHelium.com. I'm Remso Martinez with the Remso Republic. Hang on tight. We'll be right back after this. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remso Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. I get to talk about topics that people don't like to talk about. The things they shy away from because of my political correctness. They don't want to be seen as bigoted, racist, whatever you want to call it. I honestly don't care. This is the Unapologetic Podcast. Tune in every Monday for your weekly dose of current affairs from an unapologetic perspective. Lynchburg is a city that embodies the spirit of service Virginia is known for. I'm Albert Billingsley, and I'm running to promote free enterprise, accountability, and trust in the Lynchburg City Council. Check out my website, billingsleyforlynchburg.com, and help us let Lynchburg lead the way. I'm Albert Billingsley, and I approve this message. Hello, my name is Alex Merced. And I am a libertarian. I invite you to join me in spreading the message of liberty. Come down to alexmerced.com where you can find videos and lots of other media to help educate people about liberty and more. I've also created learneconomicsnow.com as a quick way to show anyone the basics about economics. libertarian101.com a great starting place to learn what is libertarianism, how to get involved, and how to move things forward. Intro to liberty.com where you can learn more about how to spread the message of liberty through positive messaging from people like myself, Larry Sharp, and Michael Pickens. And don't forget libertarianpodcast.com where you can find an exhaustive list of libertarian podcasts for you to enjoy. This is Alex Merced. Follow me on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. 
and thank you very much. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. It's them yelling at you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. We're going to continue our conversation from earlier with Halsey English from Halsey News. Um, we, we covered so much, and I want to start really kind of jumping on some of the things that uh, I want to elaborate further on this last half of the show. But, um, you know, I, I could go, we can go ahead and just bash the left all day. And, you know, universally, there's going to be no disagreement. The area that I think a lot of people get their feelings hurt on is when you go ahead and you look at your own team and you're like, why are you throwing eggs at me? Um, mm -hmm. Halsey, it, it really does break my heart when I see people that I like fight each other over stupid things. Do you think the reason why we're so, more, you know, and let's just admit, it's like watching a train wreck. We want to watch it, you know, blow up. Why do you think conservatives get so fascinated when they see two people that have generally the same belief system fight each other instead of trying to either mediate it, stay out of it, or remind people that, hey, there's something bigger in play? Because I see it all the time, and you know, you see friendships break down, you see opportunities die, and ultimately it's like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, let those two fight, but Lex Luthor is winning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that, but I'm but I'm also thinking that I remember in 2012 when Romney ran, right, and he and he got the nomination. And listen, there there might have been a hundred different reasons why he got the nomination, but everyone I knew on the right, everyone was like, "Oh God, why? Like this guy is going to get his ass handed to him by a highly unpopular president, by a guy who has horrible ideas and." Basically, almost all Republicans at that point could have beat Obama, we think. But no, we nominated Romney, and Romney was nothing but a disappointment. And now, four years later, Trump's running, and Romney can't keep his mouth shut. You know what I'm saying? Like, we listened to what you had to say, and you lost. So enough is enough. Stop with the commentary. We don't care what you have to say. And the only people who did care what he had to say were CNN, MSNBC, Mother Jones, and all of the people who wanted to say, well, see, Romney is a decent guy. Well, you said he was going to put y'all back in chains when, uh, when he ran for president. He was such a horrible person. He stapled his dog to the roof of a car. Like, 
There was there was nothing but but vitriol for this man until all of a sudden he criticizes Trump. And now the left gives him his microphone. So we on the right are tired of seeing this. So, yes, it does suck that we have to call our call each other out some so many times. But I like to say the right is the party of liberty. We don't care about the outcome. We want to make sure the game is fair. The left, they care, they think all the ends justify the means. So they're in lockstep no matter how horrible each other are. They never disagree with each other. They never criticize each other because to them it doesn't matter how terrible you are as long as you accomplish the goals of the left. The right doesn't care if we accomplish our goals. We care that the game is fair. This That's my is, opinion. Oh, I, I, oh man, <coughs> preach. You're preaching a choir here. And I'm going to sidestep for a second. But how many times the past year and a half alone have we heard the left say, wow, I miss George Bush as president. And do you remember how terrible they were to him when he was president? I they do. accused him of being Hitler before yeah, every literally day. everyone else was Hitler. Every day they accused him of being Hitler. Every day they accused him of, of sending American soldiers to die so him and his friends could make money on oil. Every day they accused him of something just as horrible as they're accusing Trump of right now. You know, and... And, and now they're acting like, oh, but, you know, back then we were civilized, but now we're being assholes because of Trump. No, they're always assholes. They're always like this. And when we see people from our side and what's what's really horrible about it is when you see people like Bill Kristol and Mitt Romney and Jeff Flake, who are, are solid conservatives in the way they they write and the way they preach. But at the same time, like their their anger for Trump has basically turned them into leftists. Like every time you see Bill Kristol basically say anything right now, you'll see Maxine Waters saying it five minutes earlier. And it's it's pathetic. It really is. Like I saw Bill Kristol criticizing the tax cut, saying it was going to kill people in the middle class. Like what? You're supposed to be on the right. You're supposed to care about these things, not just care about whether it makes Trump look good or not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm steaming right now. You said my trigger word, which is Jeff Flake. And I'm going to touch on that in a second. But before I forget it, you know, just the whole George Bush thing alone, uh, there was a skit that Will Ferrell did like a few months ago, actually, where he brought back the George Bush character from SNL. And he goes out on stage and everyone is is applauding. It's for some left wing show like the, the, the Nightly Show or something like that. And he's like, history has looked kindly upon me after all, huh, bitches? And it's just the funniest thing ever. But uh, Jeff Flake alone... I love, loved Congressman Jeff Flake. Senator Jeff Flake, though, is an abortion of a man. He has just, you know, completely turned into the Harvey Dent two-face of America's Dark Knight trilogy. It's he's absolutely horrendous. And I want to, you know, use him as an example because I actually read his book, uh, Conscious of a Conservative, after. Um, my former boss, Brent Bozell from the Media Research Center, uh, basically was like, don't give that ass clown two seconds of your time. There was just something that made me want to go ahead and get the book. And Mr. Bozell, I've, ri- I've written an article about this once again. I'm sorry, but I had to do it, so please forgive me. But he makes some very good points. And what's really funny is that a lot of the complaints we have about cannibalism and the conservative movement and the schisms and the problems we have, he would agree to it. But the problem is you can't bitch about the things that you are causing and then pretend you're not the one causing it. 
like reading the book, I was like, wow, it seems like Jeff Flake gets me. Wow, it seems like Jeff Flake is really onto this. And then you pull yourself back, close the book, and then you're like, wait a second. This bastard was the one that was causing this. This guy was the one that... <coughs> Sorry, coughing again. Like I said, I'm a human being, folks. This guy was the one that was the source of the problems we were seeing. Yet he never, ever continues to say, maybe I was part of it. He never goes ahead and says, maybe I was an instigator. And that it's one of the things where it does really break my my faith in humanity because when it looks at when i look at the left today there is no intellectual honesty there is no one saying okay i messed up if i had a, like a montage of me going back and saying i was wrong i take this back or what have you it would probably go on for years at this point but i'd like to think that the right has been able to maintain some intellectual honesty but slowly i'm beginning to lose faith in that what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we're broken, or do you think it's just a small, irate minority of people that make the rest of us mad, sad, and insane? I don't think we're we're. It's a small minority. I don't think that we're a minority at all. I think that I think the majority of people on the right, and I think the majority of people that are not Democrats right now are having a field day. We're all happy as hell. Like yes, Jeff Flake angers us, but he's gone. I mean, he had to literally announce that he can't run again because he was getting primaried by someone we all love. You know what I'm saying? And he was going to lose. Unfortunately, Mitt Romney is probably going to be a senator next year. And I have my own reasons why that's going to happen. And I, I don't think it's nefarious. I, I don't think that Orrin Hatch wanted him to be a senator. But at the same time, you know what? It'll give us a good punching bag to have on the right, because seriously, you know, he's going to get in there you know, day one and start with his leftist dribble. You know, I mean, it, he acts like he's such a, uh, a a qualified conservative, you know, politician. He was a one term governor of Massachusetts where his basic goal was that what his basic claim to fame was that he instituted Obamacare in Massachusetts. It, it almost seems like, you know, when it comes to some conservatives and I've, I've always called, you know, people that consider themselves moderates political sociopaths because they just go off the wind. But it almost seems like when you look at the Romneys, when you look at the Bill Crystal especially, they never care about instituting conservative change. Because you look back at my predictions for Trump when he was just candidate Trump, and you look at the actions of President Trump now, he's done more for the betterness of the country than the last four, no, three administrations. No, I'll say four administrations, going back to the first push. He has done so much in one year for the good of the country. Yet when it comes to the Romneys of the world, they don't want to go ahead and pull back the state. They don't want to go ahead and advance freedom in one way, shape, or form. They just want to better drive the crashing car. They want to yeah. be the pilots that crash the plane into Mount Rushmore. They also want – they have this Jesus complex where they want to be the one that everyone looks to to save the ship. But they're nothing but Hillary in, in, a, in a cheap suit. You know, Hillary loved to tell you about her plans. She had a 12-point plan for everything, which you knew was all a lie. And the only time she would dust it off is if she won and four years later had to run for re-election. They all think that's how the game is still played. So they're still going to their playbook. They're like, well, no, look, I have a plan, which they're lying about because they don't write laws. Congress does. And Congress agrees with Mitt Romney pretty much never. And Bill Kristol, yeah, they agree with him sometimes when he makes sense, but he hasn't made sense in a lot of years. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they act like if they were president, they would get all this stuff done, which they wouldn't. And then what they would love to do and what they would do constantly is bitch. They would get on a microphone and complain, which is what they think we need on the right. And we're done complaining. We're, it's time to fight back. We don't want to turn into Germany. We don't want to turn into Sweden. We're done. You know what I'm saying? It's time for us to have our time. It's time for us to actually shrink the government. It's time for us to stop caring what bathroom people pee in or what who makes what cake or, or anything like that. We're done. It's over. And now all of a sudden they're freaking out because their policy of bitch a lot and do nothing isn't working anymore. And they don't know what to do with themselves. I could not have said that better myself. So I think that's the perfect way to wrap up the show. Halsey, one final question. Shoot. When it comes to the new right, do you think it's the future of the conservative movement or just a new part of it? Oh, it's definitely the future of the conservative movement. We've got, have you seen the teacher's letter? It's the greatest thing. This teacher wrote a letter on a teacher's forum and she said, I don't know what to do. I had all these people that were coming up during the Obama years and they were all with me and we would talk and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, my kids now are coming in with pet with Kekistan shirts and they're coming in with Make America Great Again hat and they don't want to hear shit. They don't want to hear anything I have to say. They call me fake news. They do all of this. And she's like, <laughs> you know, and she's like, how do I deal with these people? And I was like thinking to myself, excuse my French, fucking great. You know what I'm saying? Like people are starting to question again. People are starting to raise concerns again. This is awesome. And these are the people that are going to define our movement for 20 years to come. No doubt about it. God bless America. Halsey, if people want to watch your live streams, follow you on Twitter and all that jazz and everything else you guys do at Halsey News, how could they do so? Yep. You can find us on Facebook at Halsey News Network. You can find me on Twitter at Halsey English or at Real Halsey News. You can find us on YouTube at Halsey News Network or Steph McWilliams Show, Right, right Millennial. Um, HalseyNews.com is where we can be found. If you want to get in touch with any of us, just email info at HalseyNews.com. Halsey, thank you so much. We'll have to get you on the program again. Thanks again. Anytime. And look out Tuesday. Me and Remzer are going to be co-hosting Laura Loomer live on Halsey News Network. Make sure you tune in. Bam! If this episode comes out after that, we'll definitely link to the video in the show notes, which you can find at RemsoRepublic.com. Hey, folks, I'm going to go ahead and die of my cough in a few minutes. But if you'd like to go ahead and cover my health bills, you can go ahead and just check out RemsoRepublic.com donate. Go become a, pa- a patron for as little as $1 a month. Wire me a one-time donation on PayPal. And if you're one of the super crypto nerds like me, I accept Litecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Even if you have like Dogecoin or Dogcoin or whatever coin, I'll take that too. It all counts. It's all money because it's not from the Fed. As always, follow me on Twitter at Remso101. And in case you forgot, be good to your neighbor. Go out and treat yourself a bit and tune in next week, America. I'm Remster W. Martinez. Good night. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting RemzoRepublic.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.